0: When you and a family, if you show up to the cookout, right? You show up to the cookout, and you 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 could be three, four cousins removed. You still get a hug and a plate. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Very true.
1: All right, welcome everybody once again to the Coleg podcast. We are so excited to jump off today with a really uh, important conversation that hopefully many are having uh, in their respective spaces. And we are really grateful to have some incredible guests joining us here today. So for those that have been able to follow our episodes to date, uh, this actually is a continuation from some conversation that we had prior um, around when we started talking about um, identity and Afro Latinos, and then definitely got into talking about uh, Black Lives Matter as a movement. And so we thought, you know, this is a conversation that we need to we need to have distinctly, and wanted to bring some guests to the table um, because we're seeing a, a lot going around in in the media, and of course, locally as well, and want to get some candid response. So that said, uh, super excited, of course, always to have uh, myself and Natalia once again, Uh, my counterpart, Eric Diaz of Colectivo, and uh, our other colleague, Josh, is on hiatus in Mexico, uh, envious of that, (laughs) but understand. (laughs) Um, And then also we have today with us, uh, Ashley Atkins, who is HR project manager for Fullscript, health tech company over seven years of experience with training recruitment and recently with diversity inclusion within the workplace. Um, Outside of work, Ashley is the president of the Greater Phoenix Urban League Young Professionals, which serves as a vehicle for individuals ages 21 to 40 to become active in the community while also focusing on their other pillars within civic engagement, professional development, and economic development. So welcome, Ashley, thank you so much for having us. And I gotta give a plug for Greater Phoenix Urban League, young professionals, if anybody's mm-hmm. interested, now you know who to contact for more information.
2: Yes. Uh, so
1: please reach out, absolutely. Um, we also have at the table today, uh, Mr. Roy Tatum. So Roy Tatum Jr. is a political strategist, uh, motivational speaker activist and entrepreneur, and has become a contemporary voice for truth and justice, not only locally, but nationally. He has held multiple leadership roles over his time in working with community, um, everything from roles in his fraternity with Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Inc., the National Urban League in NAACP, and actually currently serves as president of the East Valley NAACP, amongst many other hats that he wears in community. And I always have to give just a personal shout out to Roy as a good friend and fellow Valley Leadership alum as well. Go class 40, I always have to do that. Exactly, so thank you both so much for joining us today to have this conversation. And as I mentioned at the onset, Uh, We really wanted to hone in and discuss really what is going on with all of the, everything that we're seeing in the media, but frankly, what we're seeing with companies, right? We've seen a lot of companies come to the table now in the past, hmm, just over a month with various DEI statements, uh, various statements supporting uh, BLM, so on and so forth. So, just wanted to get initially like your knee-jerk responses in a sense around like what have you seen that you might say are good or what have you seen that you might think um is this just checking a box right is this really is this really the the right response what are your feelings what have you guys seen would you want to go roy <laughs>
0: yeah, i'll look defer to you first Oh right,
3: perfect
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right well um it's been an interesting since how many months so what three months <laughs> now that's since yeah. uh just well not necessarily just with the pandemic with everything else that's going on in life that's hitting us for the most part but um i'm also um, in addition to uh, greater phoenix urban league young professionals i'm part of a um, national HR groups. So it's National mm-hmm. Association of um, African Americans in HR, Arizona, and um, it's been very interesting for us because we come together with all these HR professionals, and we're discussing what have each of our companies been doing and what mm-hmm. have they seen and everything. So yeah, I've been getting mixed reviews. I've been saying, "Hey, my CEO and president, they were on point. They, you know, made their statement." They put money where their mouths are. They, um, they are having you know town halls. They're having these discussions. And then on the other end, I'm having them say that it was very dry. Like they're just putting a letter out there just to put something out there for the most part. So I'm getting mixed reviews and, um, in regards to different companies, some larger companies and some small companies. So I think we can improve on both ends of the spectrum. So definitely a spectrum,
1: is I'm hearing. Maybe yes. a pretty big spectrum at that, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Very interesting. What's your uh, take, Roy? I will say,
0: I, I believe that Ashley spot on. Um, all of it. You know, some companies are, are in the right place. They've been doing the right things. Um, mm-hmm. But now maybe we just get to see it. Uh, some companies have, you know, just c- come along kicking and, sh- and screaming and so now what we see i mean just look at how long it took the former washington uh football team Uh the the former uh, professional football team in washington uh to address an issue that's been presented for, I mean, for pretty much as long as I've been alive.
1: Years, right? So, yes. Mm-hmm. So
0: exactly. now, you know, so you have some companies on the forefront saying, hey, you know, Black Lives Matter, no problem. We've always believed that, we support that. We we want justice in our community and we're gonna show that in our workspace to a company, you know, like the professional football team in Washington. And so mm-hmm. um, to be able, we have to, Take every step at a case by case basis and evaluate the track record of these companies, and we need to look at I would also say, you know, I know we'll, we'll get here, but we also need to look at the board of directors of uh, many of these organizations and these companies.
1: You're getting a little bit garbled there, Roy, but I think we got that last piece. Um, but I'm, what I really am hearing also you mentioned, which I thought was interesting was this element of, Uh, some companies have been doing the work, right, have been Mm -hmm. doing it, just maybe haven't been that visible or that recognized. And then others are jumping on a, on a trend almost, right. Or wanting to make sure that they're part of it. So how sincere. So I'm curious. um, And I think we'll get Roy back in Mm -hmm. a second, the lovely technical elements of these. Um, But I'm curious actually to that, but from both of your lenses, like do you, if, maybe it's a local company, maybe it's a national company, but do you have a, an example that you say, hey, this company has been doing the work well. And like they've been doing it now, you know, maybe they're getting recognized right now or maybe it's more public, but, um, but this is a good example uh, of what a company can or maybe even should be doing. Does anything come to mind or any specific company come to mind for you guys? Or organization, I guess? Mm-hmm. Roy, did you want to
3: take that?
0: I'll say uh, companies are beginning to learn uh, I've I'll, and I'll say personally from a personal experience I was called into a meeting with the uh, Phoenix Suns, uh, and they really want to get a better perspective from our community perspective which I find interesting and you know this is still in the work, so I don't wanna mess myself up. But I'm like, <laughs> your player yeah, are you not having a conversation with the players or you're not having a conversation, you know, at middle management level, up to the executive level? And honestly, with I mean let me just be real. People are scared. Mm-hmm. And you find out that players kinda have their own uh click or circle and they don't mm-hmm. communicate with the front office about these issues. One, because many pro athletes are afraid because they saw what happened to Colin Kaepernick. So up until right now, mm-hmm. uh, many, many professional sports arena, and this is probably a great way to address this, many in the professional sports arena are afraid to truly speak out their real feelings about social justice. And they make a, you know more better than average salaries, higher than average salaries. So just imagine what the blue collar worker would have to endure if the person making millions is afraid. Just imagine what the person that's making forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 or less than $15 hour, fifteen an hour is feeling. And they're, and they're at the brunt of many of the social injustices. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, they don't. They, they're not going
2: to say anything because they know that there's going to be some backlash. Yeah. And Roy, if if I can just add on to, um, or maybe we talk a little bit more about what you mentioned about like the senior executive board or like their leadership board. I think that was a key point because you know I, I, there was a there was a famous tweet, and I can't remember who posted it, but it was it was actually when we were doing research for OYE, uh, or it's a research uh, the technology we used to monitor what conversations that occur on social media and it was a retweet that happened early and it basically was in response to people basically just posting their uh their image on instagram and facebook said hey we support black lives matter and somebody responded show me your diversity or show me the diversity on your executive board you know show me the uh your leadership directory and then we really started getting those calls from that and and uh, that was something that Really was interesting to me to see that um, the results that actually came. So my my fields in the marketing and advertising world, and a lot of these um, the, the major conglomerates like your WPPs and Dentsu's and all these groups came out. And I don't recall the, the numbers exactly, but most of them I would say were five percent and under was the cor- the diversity at black black American African American um, diversity within their boards. So all of them basically acknowledged that they were lacking in their areas and I think that was totally you know, for me mm-hmm. listen to that that was like a good first step hey let's figure out what the problem what it is and then let's figure out how to you know a- address Ooh. that specifically
1: Roughly. And that's across sectors right that's like not that's not in any part I mean I work in philanthropy I work in nonprofit and that's the mm-hmm. case across the board in nonprofit mm-hmm. land and philanthropy <laughs> I won't even go there, but I mean, it's the because same thing, board?
0: right? So how do you get? I mean, how do you get on these boards? On a major corporation board, you know, like these are the questions that we've Nepotism. got to get. <laughs> You
1: know, right? Like, how do you get into that? <laughs> <Or> somebody got <laughs> it off, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so much of that. Um, and I kind of jokingly threw in nepotism there. But for anybody who might be listening, who's like, "What is that nepotism?" Is that it's that element of like, you know, it's more about who you know than what you know. Mm-hmm. It's that concept, right? It's that it's that who you know piece. And so, if you're already plugged in mm-hmm. to certain social classes, right, to certain all of those things, then it's just. It's the, I'm going to pick from my little circle, and that's who's going to take the board seats, those are who are going to hop, skip, and jump through leadership positions in different companies, and organizations. I mean, we see that in corporate, we see that in, again, just across sectors. So, on that note, and in full agreement, and we're in this climate right now where, at the very least, I would say, there are... More, at least again in my lifetime, than I say more than ever. Entities at all levels, at least being willing to come to the table,
3: mm-hmm. at least
1: being willing to uh, be challenged a bit. Now, how far that's going to go? Time will tell, <laughs> right? How far? How much are we going to push? But I like we are in this unique moment, right? The silver lining of okay, okay, all right, everybody's talking, everybody's here. So, how do we? Like, what, what, is, what is something we could tell companies in that sense? Like, beyond taking some stats, beyond putting together a committee, a task force, how can, how can we flip that switch? How can, how can we make that leadership? How can we get more representation and power and authority, frankly, is how I see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll take that. Guys- um, yeah,
3: I wanted to go back to um, Eric's point in regards to um, just, them acknowledging that you know their lack of diversity within the boards, within the senior management, within the company. Period. So, I know it. Um, you were saying that you know these task force, um, You know it's a starting point because I know with us it started with the the letter going out. After that, we had a town hall discussion on the Black Lives Matter movement and how we were feeling. After that, we formed this and I um council so and our council just kicked off our meeting yesterday and we started putting together some action plans and I'm the leader of that so I'm going to hold them to it (laughs) for that so what events are we going to plan but it does first start with our data as far as you know um what's the data of males versus females where are is our diversity do we have you know a good number of Latinx are for uh, Blacks, are Asians. Do we have a good mix of that? Where are we lacking? Where are we lacking that in leadership? So it does start with those points first and then actioning that afterwards. And how are we going to, where are we going to go to recruit people? You know, so we're not going to do your yeah. typical, you know, just um, normal career fairs. We have to go to the community to, to recruit those people and, and to bring them in. Um, also, just how are we advertising, you know, our recruitment efforts? Are we have, do we have a language that's encompassing of everyone? Mm-hmm. Are we showing faces on our website that's showing that everyone is welcome? So it's going to take small steps to get to those, those huge nuggets that we're
0: trying to get to.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs>
0: I would also like to say we've also got to address uh, corporate atmospheres that maintain a double standard because I believe many of us as African Americans, and I'm sure the same is with the Latino community, um, is that you in a position or be considered for a position that our Caucasian PowerPoint parts don't have to have the experience or even the education and they get on, they can get on the job training and a bit mm-hmm. of grace to learn from others while we have to have a you know above and beyond experience just to be at the same point mm-hmm. and so we yeah. gotta address those issues as well. So many, yeah, many bias. people will say, exactly. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and so that and I'm sure I'm sure that is a, a HR issue uh, <laughs> as well. But you know we know it exists. You know, we know it exists. And, and many people, um, you know, when, when we begin to deal with it, it seems like we are combative. And that is, I think that's what corporate America has been afraid of. Corporate America is afraid of having a tough conversation and being combative because they feel like it will hurt their bottom line.
2: Uh-huh. But, you
0: know, it's like go along, to get along, don't I don't want anybody mad with me, or and I'm gonna say mad, when I say mad with me, I mean mad at our organization. So we can just you know we can appeal to the broader um, you know spectrum because uh, I I I'll bring up a conversation that, that I heard about Michael Jordan when there was a um, African American man running for the U.S. Senate in North Carolina in the mid early 90s or something like that. And they wanted Michael Jordan, being that he, you know, was from North Carolina, went to North Carolina, to speak out for the senator to help the senator run. And Michael Jordan pretty much said, "Well, well, you know, if I do that, I will alienate my Repub- Republicans by Jordan's suit. You know, so and many people, many corporations, I believe, have that idea of. Well, if I choose this one side or if I choose this one issue, I'm going to isolate the other customers and clients that I have that are on the other side of that issue. So they they call that a business decision. But honestly, it's uh, I I think it's a cowardly position.
1: Oh, Call it out,
0: Roy, call it out. <laughs> it
1: but you're, it is exactly true, though, in the sense of um, how much is justified for the bottom line. That's what I hear in that, right? How much we can justify an excuse um, because of that. Are we in the black? Or are we in the red? Right? And if we're only monitoring our success based off of that measurement alone, absolutely. I can see how it's very easy to, to make those types of calls, right? And, and be able to step back from it and go, but it's just business, right? We're just in business. That's Roy I said, right? It's just business. And I go, no, we got to take it a step beyond that. And what's interesting is, again, because I, I happen to be in the nonprofit land, mainly in philanthropy land, mm-hmm. there are similar fears and there are similar, uh, like Roy said, almost you could say like cowardly moves, but From a flip side, it's because of the donors. It's not necessarily because of my customers, or you could argue the customers, the donor for a lot of nonprofits, but it's who's giving us the money. A lot of very wealthy people who have been traditional philanthropists, you would say, um, a lot don't want to rattle anything with them, right? They don't want to put anything out that might threaten them taking their donation somewhere else, or just re- withholding it, um, and that's that's one of those where I'm seeing it's like a lot of that push and pull. So the baby steps, like Ashley, that you were talking about, I think mm-hmm. some are trying to do that to be like, we got a baby step with our boards, right? We have to baby step to to really can, but are willing to do that? Are willing to do the long term? But I think a lot of others are where Roy's sitting, right? Like what, doing exactly that. It's just out of cowardice and they won't, like they're not. They're not really going to push at yeah. that level. Um, but they also still don't want to be like left out from a public stance, right? And so they're yeah. going to try to do what they can to check some boxes. But it's... But it's it,
0: amazes me, it amazes me to see many of these conservatives... That will wear Jordans, listen to public enemy, and you know, wanna wanna be in the in crowd, so to speak, or the woke crowd, but their politics are contradictory.
1: Right in the middle of an impassioned point. I don't, I don't know. know. We had a technical cutout. Okay. I yeah. think we're getting in back. Getting I wanted back. to
3: um, add to that point too Please, that if yes. a lot of these companies would just do their research on um, how like better the diverse companies are then they would understand that like with me doing my research and um when i was doing that within my dni council i came across these three facts so with revenue um ethnically diverse companies are 35 percent more likely to y- yield higher revenue and 70 percent more likely to capture a new market you know audience so it's just like do your research and you know with rec- recruitment people are looking for to join a diverse company. So you're going to get 67% more job seekers as you were if you're promoting, just we're an all-white company for the most part. And then also you will um, continue to have that team morale and have them stay with you for the most part. So if companies would just do their research and know that it is better to be diverse and to be inclusive, then, you know, it's going to be good for you at the end. So, don't be scared. <laughs> I love
1: it. Yeah, thank you for, for those stats too, Ashley, because that yes. is important, right? A lot of mm-hmm. people that they that's that's sometimes what will turn a tide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just
2: yeah, the fight, data. Fight back with numbers, right? So yeah, back show it, prove it, yeah. you know. And, and mm-hmm. there's so many intangibles, you know, that are in there too. I mean, obviously, the intangibles I think are, are, are very uh, important as well that you can't show with a stat. Right. I think, you know, just employees happiness and things like that yeah. I think in, you know, you know things that you can't measure immediately like but like things about you know uh, but you, you can know, with
3: surveys we're doing constant surveys right now so we can measure as far as are they engaged do they feel welcome and stuff so there there's ways around it
2: that's mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. you know and actually if I can ask another question on that because I'd, I'd love to um, just know like just a little bit more about what you were talking about like with your company and like things that you think mm-hmm. are um, you know uh, I guess a little bit more tangible, as far as like how, like you said something about like internships or recruiting or you know Mm -hmm. anything like that. How Mm -hmm. do you do some of those things like more proactively? Like how do you how do you go find them? I guess if if, if or or how do you make sure to avoid maybe coded language in the job posting? Mm Do you have any
0: examples?
3: And we're working towards that, not to have that coded language and that more inclusive language. But as far as getting the word out, is reaching out to our networks you know, for that, um, not necessarily, Hey, we're looking for black people, but (laughs) just, you know, reaching out to different organizations, such as mine, the young professionals are within my African-American HR group. I'm constantly feeding, um, job postings through those organizations and making sure if you know of anybody to please let me know. And I will personally hand that resume over to my talent acquisition team for that. So it is, I think it was either you or Natalia that I was mentioning, is it all about who you know? So yeah. that's what we were, we're doing <laughs> within our mini pods, right? As far as the organizations, um, looking at any um, black job boards that are out there, or any people of color um, job boards that are out there, and just being intentional with every mm-hmm. single thing that we're doing because it's not going to come freely. We're not going to judge them by their names that are coming in. We're not going to, you know, be looking you up on LinkedIn to make sure, you know, we're checking a box off. We, we're looking at your skills first, but we, of course, we want to get
1: more people in the pipeline, people of color, mm-hmm. for that. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I know that we're we've been chatting for a little bit, and thank you all so much. Um, and as we're starting to to get closer to our time, um, I would love to to actually pose. We've got a couple of questions that we really wanted to pose at the end for you guys. Um, and, and so I'm gonna start with one, and I think we've got time for both. But since here at Colectivo, you know, all of us do identify in some sort, um, you know, we're small but mighty in terms of the group, but we all do identify as Latino or Hispanic or Latinx in some way. Mm -hmm. um and that's who a lot of our audiences and who we speak to a lot and so we're curious from your perspectives Mm -hmm. you know what can the latino hispanic and latinx community i always use all three terms by the way okay (laughs) so that's why you hear me saying it that's just my own little thing but uh, but um what what Either what have you seen that that has come out of the Latino community that you think like, hey, do more of this, guys. This is Mm -hmm. great. Or what what can we do more of to support BLM and to support um, in general what's happening right now?
3: Yeah. So I would say just from my personal standpoint, I'm I'm from Arizona, so I have. Plenty of Latinx, um friends, and they have been coming out of the woodwork to just support me in all of my efforts. Just asking, how am I doing? How can I get involved? Um, where can I donate? Um, and and the list goes on from there. So they were there. I was um, the lead of the Juneteenth march. So they want to know more about Juneteenth. How can I march with you? Where can I donate? So I think continuing those efforts and that excitement and also know that, you know, even though it's a black lives matter movement, we're still all in this together. You know, we're all fighting our certain fights and we're going to be on the front line with you all as well um, for Mm -hmm. that. So continue to support, continue to reach out to your black colleagues, your friends, and just ask where can you, you support Or and uh, they've also like spread it the word as far as just, um, educational things about Juneteenth, about the Black Lives Matter movement. Look, this is what I read. You know, so that's very, very helpful. Wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would also uh, chime in. Can you hear me? Okay. okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would chime in and say, um, "Look, it's not it's not us and them. Mm-hmm. We all we are all in this together. Um, yeah. the, the, the same dog that bit you bit me." And so uh, we, we got to understand that we can get much further collectively than we can apart. And any differences that we have, I think the biggest difference between the Black community and the Latino, our Latino brothers and sisters is the language. Um, many, many of us uh, that, that are able to communicate across cultures, uh, we get the furthest. And that is why, one of, one of my reasons why I love hip-hop, because I feel like hip-hop has, you know, has a universal language to it um, and that you that unification from its inception, because it is a, a, a literal black, brown, and even Caucasian um, inception point with hip-hop. So we come together uh, from, a, from all of that and just understand that show up when you want. And I'm and I'm saying this over and over again. Show up to serve. You know, show up to serve. And when 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 the if the main issue is police brutality, and even if the the the, the term is Black Lives Matter, there's still a place for you uh, with us in Black Lives Matter. It's not it's not like Black Lives Matter, and brown lives don't matter. That's yeah. not what being said at all. The fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, is that we want to bring uh, 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 safety to our community because guess what? If we if we address police brutality within the Black community predominantly, then it impacts the everybody else. Everyone, mm-hmm. you can reduce police brutality. Very everyone, else. and so yep. And so this, what was good for us, is good for you, mm-hmm. and that's what I want our um, our Latino brothers and sisters to understand. And, yeah, I get that wrong, too. So when you, Natalia, when you went through all the three names, I was like, oh, yeah, what were those three? You know, <laughs> I, want, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm not talking to them, whether you are from uh, Mexico or Cuba or Puerto Rico or, you know, yeah. Colombia. Uh, I, I know that we got uh, brothers from Brazil, you know, all mm-hmm. over. The, but, but that is still considered the African diaspora, you know, when you really yeah. want to dig deep into it. We don't have that kind of time right now but but we we brothers and sisters and cousins and second cousins you know <laughs> and it's one of those when you're in a family if you show up to the cookout right you show up to the cookout and you 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 could be three four cousins removed you still get a hug and a plate <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's true That's very you true
1: family, i love that show up Show up to serve. I love that. I love that. Like, stay engaged, also, is what I was hearing Ashley say. You know, keep asking, keep showing up. And I'll just add for our audience, because this is just me and my voice, and uh, my counterparts probably um, have heard this uh, ad nauseum from me. But I also always like to remember my fellow uh, folks that identify as Latino or Hispanic or Latinx that, um, you know, we come in all ethnicities and colors as well. And so within our various cultures, there are various levels, right? We have to deal with um, colorism, we have to deal with racism mm-hmm. as well. And so I think that's another thing our communities can do, right, look to, just like everybody, look to your circles and don't let things slide anymore.
0: i right? gotta bring this up, I've gotta bring this up, because how, how did the CEO for Goya get that wrong?
1: Right? Oh, that's a hole. <laughs> 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 look, I know both of us are like, no. Nah.
0: Right. You had to go there, <laughs> to the
2: involved, right. Oh Lord. I, I is just heard so... I just heard about that and yeah, I was I just did a face cover when I when I heard that too.
1: <laughs> did you see his follow-up on Fox? You know?
2: I don't know. I really don't know. Um,
0: yeah. I mean yeah. we got our problem with black conservatives, but what's up with that?
1: but that i think that's what shows you right that shows you i mean if we want to talk history that family came from spain originally yes they're immigrants to the us yes they built an empire uh based off of um providing products for various cultures right various latino cultures uh food but that was his i mean he's if you look at him too right he's incredibly fair like we have white latinos who are who benefit right and mm. support the exact same um structures that we're trying to dismantle right now right and fully and totally identify with it and want to support it because there is a benefit um and i think he's a perfect example of that and a perfect example is someone who that was his personal take but now that's an impact on the company and that's Absolutely. that whole thing we keep hearing right you can say whatever you want there's going to be consequences mm-hmm. so that's the okay. thing, and so we'll see. But man, we have we have Lexit, just like yeah. good old Black. We got Lexit. So exactly. oh yeah, that's- this, but, this is enjoy. like another podcast. This is another
0: episode right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to, to come on here and bring that
2: up. Yeah. No, that's good. That's a good. Roy, one. That's
0: a good if one. I can
2: add this too, it is something that you know, and part of the reason that we do this podcast is I think there's a lot of education with the Latino side too because. A lot of so what I've seen, just to give you a specific example, in my company, we actually so we work with some influencers that will like um, post content for brands, you know, do like testimonials and stuff. We actually had to fire one of them because of the content that they were posting in response to Black Lives Matter. Yeah,
1: and basically,
2: it wasn't that they. I think more of it, looking at it, it was more that they didn't understand it necessarily because they were from Ben uh, or they were from another country and. They, they were in a country where really they don't have racism, uh, I'll put air quotes on that, specifically the way we do, so they didn't quite understand what it was about, and they posted content saying, oh, all lives matter, not realizing that that takes away from Black Lives Matter. So uh-huh. it was basically that they didn't mean it maliciously, I don't believe, but there was a lack of education about what was really going on, and then kind of posting content without really fully understanding it. So we have it too. Part of it on our end is we need to educate our, our fellow Latinos on what is going on. How can we actually support?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I would, impact over intention. I would love to
0: have a continued uh, dialogue around this because I would like to talk about the intersection of culture and hip hop and how we, because we shape culture. Y'all know yes. that. Y'all, I mean, yes. when mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we, we do. Say, When we say this, we shape. Culture and culture moves everything, you know. Mm -hmm. So I would love for us that that is that that's our strength, that's our superpower. Without without us, man, uh, America would be like baked chicken. (laughs) (laughs) You know.
1: True. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, in our final few minutes, you gave us some good fodder for future episodes. I think we're going to have to have you guys back um, mm-hmm. to keep this going because this is great. So we've got three minutes left, guys. In our, in our final three minutes, I would love for you all to give our listeners um, just any final takeaway, whether it's a point of advice, whether it's just a concern. We've gotten a lot of good, a lot of good information today already, but whether it's for a company or an individual. What is that last little point that you would like to leave everybody with today?
3: Yeah, I would say simply just speak up, like, do not be afraid. Um, Do not be afraid of what your company may be, or whatever the case may be, but speak up, Um, send in, you know, recommendations, send in resources. That's what started with me. I I know as soon as our, um, our letter went out, I was like, I sent a letter to the president and I was like, Hey, (laughs) <laughs> I'm here if you need to help to help push this mm-hmm. movement forward. Um, here's a list of resources you can donate to. Here's a reading material. Here's everything that you need, but I'm nice. here to push this issue forward. So do not be afraid to speak up and to voice your
0: opinions. Thank you. Learn I would say learn your policy. Learn, read, take time. this may seem uh, daunting. But man, learn your policy, read mm-hmm. your policy manual, mm-hmm. uh, understand the rules. Uh, and there, there there, are a ton of things you can do within the rules uh, to impact change. Because some of the things that I've been able to do with my own uh, social justice activism, I read the rules for the police. And I began to ask the police, were well, they mm-hmm. following their own rules and their own training? And you find out that a lot of them don't even know it. So. Yeah, you can, you can win within, with the
1: rules. I love it. Thank you all so much for taking the time to be with us, to share your energy with us today, your wisdom. This was really great information. And I sincerely hope all of our listeners take this as not only good food for thought, but, um, a spark to go and take action, to learn more, to dig deeper, to have those conversations, uh, come back, join us again. We're gonna continue these conversations. If you've got a topic you would like discussed, let us know. Um, We would be happy to bring it to the table. As always, thank you to my counterpart, Eric, and uh, send some uh, love to Josh, even though he wasn't here with us today. Um, But just as always, we're incredibly thankful um, that we continue to be able to show up have these conversations and uh, push us forward in a positive manner as a community as a whole. So once again, from my my heart to all of you guys, I appreciate you, thank you, keep up the good fights as they say, and I agree Roy, together together we're stronger, Uh, together we can can really make progress. So thank y'all, have a wonderful day everybody. (laughs) Till next time.